This is a special bonus episode of the Uptime Wind Energy Podcast. While Joel and I were at the Wind Energy Hamburg exhibition, we had the opportunity to sit down with Lars Benson of AC883. Uh, Lars is based up in Canada, and Lars talked to us about blade pitch angle measurements and how to correct them and why pitch angle measurements are so important to extend the lifetime of your wind turbine. And then I meet with our resident blade whisperer, Morton Homburg, a wind power lab, and Morton provides an update on blade structural issues, leading edge erosion, always a problem, and how robots can help improve blade damage inspections. So stay tuned for Lars and Morton. This is a great episode. We're here with my co-host, Joel from Wind Power Lab, and we have a special quasi-Canadian guest, but... <laughs> I don't know if you'll claim that. I don't know, think you'll claim it either. <laughs> Canadian so Danish. Yes. <laughs> Canada with a K. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is Lars Benson from AC883, and Joel and I have talked about Lars's company a number of times on the podcast because Lars does pitch alignment and pitch measurements uh, that dramatically reduced damage to wind turbines. And so we thought, we saw Lars here in Hamburg, and we thought, well, we'll just corner him and find out all the details. So, <laughs> Lars, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. So, can you explain a little bit of what pitch alignment is and why it is so important? Yeah, I think it's, uh, thank you for inviting me to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's critical that you need a rotor that is in balance. Yeah. So, all three blades have to have the same pitch angle to keep right. the road in balance. So there's the aerodynamic balance, and then you have a mass imbalance right. as well. They're equally bad, right? Uh, but we can measure both. Oh, if we okay. have a mass imbalance or an aerodynamic imbalance. It's important to, uh, to distinguish those two things. Sure. So how are you actually making those measurements? I assume it was from the ground. At least that's how it might explain to me. What is all involved yeah, in this? It's a, uh, it's a German developed uh, 15 years ago laser system. Ah, Two okay. lasers, one uh, in front of the tower, upwind, mm -hmm. and uh, measuring on the root, max root of the blade, okay. and on the blade tip. Okay. And that means every time the blade passes the tower, we're scanning the blade on the max core and on the tip. Every okay. time it passes the tower. Okay. So why, why there? Because we need to have the laser pointing at the tower as well, because then we're measuring the tower movement. So as soon as the blade is not in front of the laser, our laser points at the, 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 the tower. And there we're measuring vibrations and the sway of the tower. That so can you can indicate. actually measure the oscillation of the tower yes. moving back and yeah. forth as well? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Does that tell you anything, the sway of the tower? Yeah, it does. Uh, it could be a lot about our uh, mass imbalance. Oh, sure. If you, have okay. a ton, if you have a ton of vibration or a lot of sway, mm -hmm. it can be an indicator of, uh, of mass imbalance. Okay. Makes sense. I know, uh, Lars, we were talking one time about you guys finding some damages as well. Yeah. So not yeah. only is there the pitch alignment, misalignment, but if there's a structural damage or something, the, the differences in the laser measurements can, yeah. can pick that yeah. up. We have a few products where we, uh, the customer challenges us a little bit, yeah. don't telling us that they have those uh, structural damages, but we're telling them after, so, okay, well, you found it. Yeah, we yeah. found it. <laughs> and we can see it because the delta between the uh, the angle on how to explain it on the max core and the tip 
Yeah. If that's twisting too much, we can measure the twist. Oh wow! Okay. Because if you can imagine, we have two measurements yeah. on the on the root and on the tip, and if grade is twisting, right, then that could be an indicator there's a structural damage. So the measurements that you're getting out of the system are, um, I'm just trying to to picture everything so that we can tell it on the podcast, right? So the blades, if they're angled towards the tower or away from the tower, and mm-hmm. what the deltas are between all three as they, as they come around. Yeah. That's one of them. We are measuring the delta, not the absolute oh. angle. Okay. It's only the delta between the three blades. Okay. Because it, usually the turbine will figure out the absolute angle anyhow. Yeah. As turbine mm-hmm. control either on torque or speed. Mm-hmm. Right. So the control will fix that part. We just have to make sure it's the same angle. On every one of them. On every one of them. And then it's okay. and then it's also pitch rotations on the blades, correct? Yeah. Okay. And That's then the torque you said you mentioned as well. Torque. We uh, no, the, the turbine is torque regulated. Right. But the torque on the blades, like yeah. if they're twisted. Yes, exactly. Okay. Because of that wind speed, then you will get a twist on the blade. So if you guys go out into the field and do these measurements, uh, say you you create a report for the client and you say, this is what we found. This one's a little bit out here. This one's good here. What's the next step? The next step is, uh, depending on if it's an aerodynamic imbalance, it's quite simple. Uh, on modern turbines today, you do an offset in the controller. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. A, C, a, B, go plus there, go minus there, and then we do a re-measurement to make sure it's aligned. Okay. So it's, it's quite simple. When you go into mass imbalance, we can only tell there is a mass imbalance. We cannot tell how much. Right. There we are working with different uh, engineering firms. Sure. <coughs> They can go in and quantify via the SCADA data how much massive balance do we have. Okay. And okay. That, could be, that, could be, that could be water inclusions. Right. It could be a heavy repair, so all of a sudden right. you have 10 kilos more on the tip yeah, yeah, yeah. than you didn't have before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, it's common. Uh, we had a, uh, I think, an interesting case study we did with, uh, with a company that do analytics. We measured the turbine. The blade tip on one blade was 900 millimeters further towards us, I mean away from the tower, mm-hmm. than two other ones was. That was a delta of 900 millimeters. Wow. Almost wow. a meter in difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were remeasured three or four times because now we start <laughs> doubting our own system. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It can't be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we can also measure something called sharing. That means every time the, the, uh, the blade passes uh, the laser, mm-hmm. That should be 120 degrees in between. Right, right. But because of the weight and the mass imbalance, might be one is coming faster down than two other oh, ones. Okay, yeah. So we sense. can share that angle. We could see that was actually two degrees difference. Right. Again, sure. one or two blades are heavier than the other one. Yeah. Right. And this one was sticking out so much. So we had a minute. It actually turns out by numerous studies, it was almost a year. Uh, there was 80 kilos missing in one blade. Because, because they have changed the blade because of a damage. Oh, okay. The new blade on did not follow the weight certificates. They yeah. did not follow the weight certificates. They had their own idea that was better. Yeah. Now, one year later, put 80 kilos in in the second chamber. Now we're measuring again. All of a sudden, the blade tip is in where the rest is and is completely in balance now. Wow. wow. So, besides that special case, right, that's a, that's, that's a really cool example. On a normal uh, measurement campaign, what are the benefits that the asset owner is getting out of it when you guys are done? Uh, generally speaking, we find just in the numbers, numbers game uh, on uh, up to four-year-old turbines, we find 10 to 15% of the turbines are misaligned. Really? When you're four to eight, you're 20, 30%. Uh, no way, eight years old is close to 50% of the mm-hmm. turbines and not when in spec. Right. The damage is one thing is AEP, 
That's a uh, AP loss. Sure. Oh yeah. That's a minor part. Right. The major part is the imbalance you're creating on your rotor and thereby vibrations into your drivetrain. Right. So you're right. wearing out bearings, right. you're wearing out generators, you're wearing out yeah. Yeah, all, yeah. all the above. Yeah. There are numerous studies made, one of them in Enrels Institute in the US mm -hmm. on their artificial turbines. The 1.5 megawatt, 3 megawatt, and 5 megawatt. Yeah. And overall, I have, a, I have a report. You're welcome to have it if you, <laughs> promise, to, if you promise to read it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but generally speaking, 1.2 degrees delta between the three blades yeah. takes six years of lifetime out of your drivetrain. Wow. Oh, because wow. of the increased loads on the components, vibrations, etc. Right. Wow. It's quite significant. That's a yeah, yeah. That's a, definitely a life shortener. Yeah. But I, I know one of the questions when we talked about pitch alignment, uh, ran into a person. I was talking about pitch alignment, and they, and they said, "Well, is it something that they just do right on site? Like the, the data comes into your system, your laser system. Mm -hmm. Do you have an answer just spit out immediately, and you, and you know what to do, or do you have to go back and process it and come back later? How fast well, is that process? We are. Our campaign takes a roughly, depending on wind speed, about five minutes per turbine. Whoa. And I press, wow. I press report and I have all the readings right there. Wow. So if the client have a technician on site yeah. and it's only aerodynamic imbalance, then it's easy to do the offset, right. run the turbine and measure again. That's relatively simple. Yeah, so the, if you're on site, you have technicians there, you do the control system updates, or if you go have an extreme case, you might have to, do you have to put any shims in some blades or anything? You ever had to do that? Oh, no, never shims. Okay. Uh, okay. So usually on the uh, on the controller, on newer turbines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Older V80s, yeah. they have to go up tower and mechanically on the torque arm, do different do up there. So it's more a bit of a hassle on the yeah. older turbines, yeah, but yeah. on the newer turbines, it's pretty simple. So the AEP increase uh, it can happen. Instantly. Right, like so. As soon as the thing is done, we do these adjustments. We're getting some AEP increase. We're, yeah. we're adding some life back into our yeah. bearings and yeah. drivetrain to what the design was. Yeah. So uh, when I think about it, to uh, someone who's not very bright like myself, I'll say that. Don't be, don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like having a car, right? You're driving a car, yeah. and the tires are the, the wheels shimming a little bit. You bring it to the garage, and you get in alignment. Yeah. Otherwise, you've got to put new tires on. You're wearing out your ball joints and your tire rod ends oh, and all sure. this stuff. It's right? as simple as that, actually. It's the exact yeah. same thing. Do right. the same. Take take a bicycle wheel and spin it. Yeah. And make it like that in the oscillating like that. And yeah. What operation does that give you? It's just it's basically as simple as that. Yeah. So why aren't why isn't everybody doing this? Right. Why not? <laughs> well, the thing is, why do we have those misalignments in the first place? Installation. Sure. They only have some zero markers made with a with a pen. Yeah, right. That's not accurate. Yeah. <laughs> and Don't sometimes think. even the technician get one hole wrong. Yeah. So they actually one bolt circle as one hole oh, okay. is aligned yeah, from yeah. the other ones. Oh, you sure. see that too. Sure. And then the most common one on let's say 80 year old turbines is we have a pit cylinder that's leaking. Ah uh, yes. Internally leaking, that means the blade can move right. without the controller picks it up. Right, right. So it's actually a so the hydraulics in the pit yeah. yeah. And they're electric and and uh, and uh, and, uh, and uh, hydraulic. Right. It happens both. Oh wow! So that's where we see it. And, and the OEMs are not requiring pitch alignment as part of the standard inspection during warranty periods. It seems like something that should be done during the warranty period, in particular. Yeah, but it, but it continues, right? Yeah, because sure. Yeah. Even yeah, you yeah. do it in the warranty, two-year warranty. Right. Then it's eight years later, you still have it. Right. So so some some OEMs have a part of their service. That they have to check it. Good. That's good. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, and some of them do it, uh, and some don't. Yeah. There are some. Uh, I won't enter names. They don't have it as a part of their maintenance scope at all. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, that's that's disturbing, I find. Yeah. But also the way they do it is a mechanical bracket they put on. Okay. Again, uh, we also seen technicians put that bracket upside down and make it worse than all it was. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's it's and again, I think in this industry, skilled labor is a uh, is a problem. Yeah. Regardless if you're on yeah, scaling on the plates so fast, or if you're yeah. whatever you are, it is a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but at least you have a bracket. If you put it right, you get somewhat in, not not 100%, but you yeah. get okay. But you're not going to be able to know if the weights are off or no, those, no, that, those no, kind of things, no. right? So if I put myself as in, in sit in the asset owner chair, uh, I would want this done right after commissioning. Mm, I would I would more than likely, I would probably check it yearly, but I would make sure I had it done right before my end of warranty period is up. Yeah. As a part of that end over for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, as a part of the strategy, so we're putting together, hey, we do blade inspections at these dates, we do bearing inspections at these dates, uh, we do pitch alignment at these dates. Mm -hmm. and people, should, the asset owner should be having as a part of their stove. Three to five years. Yeah. I would do it. Wow. On my feet. Yeah. AC883 does more than just pitch alignment. Yeah. You're into repairs now. Yeah. And can you describe some of the repairs you do when you're out in the field? Yeah, we have a uh, kind of a two-tier strategy. The way we started, we're helping Europeans, uh, co technology companies, yeah. into North America. But we started our ISP arm as well, which is the pitch pitch alignment. Yeah. And then great repairs. Okay. Regular LEP work, structural work. Okay. Working with different companies who come to us uh, when they come too severe for mm -hmm. our uh, pay grade. We have a contract to help us out okay. when it gets too complicated. Sense. Yeah, sure, sure. So you're kind of a one-stop shop a little bit, and you're, and you're mobile, so you're out there doing pitch alignment. You may see there's some issues on the blades. Yeah. You can go out there and fix the blades at the same time. Yeah. You must be busy all year round, at least when it's not snowing. Or maybe, maybe you're doing this when it's snowing too. You can do pitch alignments when it's cold outside, right? Yeah, as long as it's not too heavy snow, we can do it. Well, so usually okay. we do plates in the summer and do pitch mesh alignment in the winter. Wow, okay. Because we want to have a constant wind speed when we do it. Oh, sure, we sure, We don't want sure. to have low winds, so we are chasing the turbine. Every time they're yawing, we have to move our equipment. Right, right. And that's uh, that's painful in the summer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we cannot drive on the field because we have uh, crops in the ground. Right, right, yeah. So therefore, in the winter, it's fantastic. It's frost. We can just drive on the fields and get right. get them hammered out. You've solved the problem for blade companies. You've got your technicians busy year-round. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Patented stamp on it. Lars has got to figure it out. <laughs> right. I'm not sure I can patent it, but yeah. <laughs> so keep, keep it busy, it's another patent, I guess. There you go. <laughs> so we're, we're coming up on the winter season now in North America. Are, yeah. are you, everybody's planning for the wintertime. I think a lot of people don't think about doing any kind of repairs in the wintertime unless it's really mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. So now's a good time to think about pitch alignment right. and to get that on your schedule. How do they reach you? What's the best way to reach AC883.com okay. is one of them. Okay. Um, but yeah, we are scheduled for five or six on the turbines this winter. Whoa. We did 700 last winter. Nice. Whoa. We'll do side-wide turbines, so run yeah. through all of them. Yeah. And in the meantime, from number one to number six side, they can then do the adjustment. Then we come back and start all over again on a re-measurement. Because we don't oh, have to measure yeah. the whole fleet QC, again. Yeah. We only, right. only re-measure on those that need the adjustment. So between 10% and 50% of the turbines. Really, that many? Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Think of all the AEP you're, yeah. you're losing when you do that. Yeah. Fleet-wide too, right? Yeah, it's fleet-wide. Uh, yeah, it's not just one turbine. It, yeah, 10%, yeah, 15% of your fleet. Yeah, yeah, it could 10, 15 turbines in yeah. some of these larger farms. But again, farms. one thing is to find one or 2% AEP on the site. Yeah. That's of course interesting, but it's more interesting that you have 50% 
that cuts out your your main bearings. Right. Yeah. So yeah, now yeah. we have yeah, 50 that's... main bearings, 50 gearbox, where you take six years out of each of them. Right. So yeah. I think that's even more interesting than the AP. Yeah. And also some of them Midwest, thirty dollars per megawatt. Right. One point five megawatt. Yeah. Not as important. Right. Go up in Canada, we have fit in to have the hundred forty dollars per megawatt and three wow. megawatt. Now become interesting with the AP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the AEP immediately can do it can pay for the campaign. Right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. The cost of the six year is harder to measure. Right. Actual, right. I mean, it's actually easy, but it's harder to sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> wow. Well, I, I know, Lars, we, we wanted to have on the podcast for a long time, so we <laughs> glad we could <laughs> kind of hold you down yeah. for a few yeah. minutes. You've been very busy. How, how has the show been in Hamburg? It's been good. New opportunities. Yeah. Uh, we are still working on the blade part of the, the equation. Okay. Uh, there might be some gearbox main bearing we are going into as uh, oh, we wow. have some uh, technology to see if we can, uh, can tease the Canadian market a little bit. There you go. Nice. Yeah, well, continued success, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. and uh, thanks for stopping by and enjoy okay. the rest of the show. Okay, thanks, Alan. Lightning is an act of God, but lightning damage is not. Actually, is very predictable and very preventable. Strike Tape is a lightning protection system upgrade for wind turbines made by WeatherGuard. It dramatically improves the effectiveness of the factory LPS so you can stop worrying about lightning damage. Visit weatherguardwind.com to learn more, read a case study, and schedule a call today. We have our resident blade whisperer, Morten Homburg from Wind Power Lab at the Hamburg Wind Energy show, which has just been fantastic this week. What have you thought of the show? We've been here, today's Friday, so we've been here for four solid days. How, how has it gone? Yeah, well, we started Monday evening with the reception, and uh, and then, yeah, I've been here for, uh, throughout the entire, entire event, and it's just been fantastic. I mean, the amount of people who's been by the booth, uh, discussing with us on uh, blade issues, lighting, uh, light, light, lighting damages, and various uh, approaches to doing blade maintenance and understanding the, the, the root of the problem. That has just been enormous, the, the attention that we've had. And then it's also been really, uh, really impressive to see the amount of new technologies or new opportunities that are within, within wind. And I'm really just you know, thrilled to see that it's still growing, still expanding, still new, new ideas are coming, coming to life. Yeah, we just walked through uh, just one of the buildings here to have lunch, actually. This is the first time I've had lunch at this building. It's been so crazy. Uh, the, the, the lunch lines are just super long. There must be 10,000 people in just one of these buildings at a time. It's been remarkably busy. Uh, the thing, just walking to lunch here today, I noticed there's new technology I hadn't seen for the previous yeah. three days. <laughs> so it's, it's been a very fascinating show that way. What are some of the things that you've seen this week that stand out? Well, I agree with you that you, you, you walk the same path and then suddenly you, you see a new company that you, that you hadn't noticed before because you're looking at it from a new angle. But I'm, I'm really excited about some of the new LP products that are yeah, coming yeah, to yeah, the market, both, both coding-wise uh, uh, and also, uh, also uh, new, new shells yeah. that, will, uh, that, will, that will change the landscape of you know, opportunities on how you can do maintenance and, and what products you can actually uh, use. Um, and I think also... Uh, one of the some of the autonomous blade repair solutions that are there, I'm really excited about, and also the ability to do NDT while on the blade. That is huge. You know that we don't have to take the blade down. We can actually go on site to to check it. That would that would be a game game changer, especially when we're if we have a blade where we have a suspicion of debonding, but we can't access it. Then being able to go out, 
send the drone down, do 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 the do the inspection and give us a reliable result back to do a pass or fail off the blades. That would that would really change uh, change a lot of things for the owners because you can remove some of the risk and some of the concerns that uh, that that is growing in your mind if you know I might have a blade that fails tomorrow. You know, right? I, yeah. I, yeah. It's speed. A lot of it it's is. about speed. It is. Because we've grown as an industry from a few thousand wind turbines to now hundreds of thousands of wind turbines. And so the scale, the scale is there. And so speed becomes of the essence. We can't spend a day on a turbine anymore because we need to, to rapidly keep track of all the things that are happening. So what, are some of the, what were some of the LEP solutions? I, I saw a couple here. Uh, some liquids, some shells. It seems like liquid, the, the, the paint solutions are starting to take more prominence. Have, is that what your thought is? I think that it, it will always be a combination. Um, so, so shells have their, uh, their, their place and they're, they're here to stay. Uh, coatings, I'm, I'm seeing some more positive things that you know, they are working with making them more reliable, easier to process. Uh, but I would, when I'm looking at combining it, it doing an LEP solution for, for, for a blade, I, think go, I, I don't think I'll go back to choosing just one solution over the other, I think I will look. I would continue to look in combinations so that you can you can harness you know the the strengths uh, of the coating. So some are difficult to put on but have excellent erosion uh, probabilities. Right. Others they're easier to process but have less erosion protection. But if you then use that outside of the aggressive erosion zone, then then you have a really good combined product that you know reduces the maintenance campaign but avoids a lot of uh, process failures. Right, right, and I think some of the coatings are being developed mostly for robotic applications. I've seen more coatings that are amenable to uh, just not having a technician there, but using a robot to apply it, which it has it's been a big shift. Because yeah. it was about how technicians could apply it and apply it reliably, and that seemed to have moved to, I need to have a solution that I can plug into a robot system and get it done faster. That's definitely something that the coding uh, uh, manufacturers and developers they're thinking about robotic solutions when they develop it. That's easy to see in yeah. in the way that they're they're uh, yeah in 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 how the products they, they they look now because they they need to be able to also apply with a roller by by a robot and and that's the way we're going to go because there's not enough resources to have guys hanging in ropes all the time. They will always always be a you know the backbone of the blade mains industry. They're the experts. But yeah, exactly, yeah. and and they, they can do they can do all the you know all all the different repairs. All the complicated. But things. the more we can move into the robot, for, uh, in, into the automated uh, robot, the, the the better we're going we're going, going to be off in the long run right. because there's right. more than enough work to go around. I mean, there are blade <laughs> repairs that aren't being done because you don't have the manpower for it. So you can if you can move that to getting a robot to do the the menial uh, coding repairs. That would uh, that 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 would save up a lot of resources to actually do 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 the critical repairs that are needed. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, in the in this week in the booth, I remember just a number of times people have come by with blade issues, structural issues. I was astounded how many times that happened. It seems like it's just an industry-wide thing, and maybe it's more prevalent now because the blades are bigger, or because we're just rapidly producing blades, but it seems like most operators have some significant blade issues. What, what were some of the highlights you heard this week? I, I, think, I think the reason why they are is because they have been, they've become better at looking for them. Oh, sure. So yeah, earlier they were reliant on what the OEM was telling them sure. and how they dealt with it. So they didn't really 
think too much about it. Right, but sure. now it's front and center because they have to deal with it, often because they're not they they're either not covered or it it turns into big repair costs. And so they need to deal with it, and they need to to find out a way to to mitigate it and to understand what do I need to repair when. Right. Um, I think some of the some of the the blade damage that we've been that we've been looking at is, as always, debonding debonding issues, and then obviously lightning strike damages. We've seen quite a few uh, owners come come by with with problems like that, and then it's just it's really. It's really helpful to 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 know that yeah we we can actually now do uh, NDT inspections on the blades so we don't have to guess which blades right. that are affected right. Right. Uh, or send in crawlers uh, through the blade where we can actually do something externally. Um, so so yeah that 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 and it's been been but it, I'm also happy that owners are feeling feeling comfortable to come over and talk about the blade issues at right. the booth. And I think that's also kind of a, a change that it's been coming, well, it's always been acceptable, but they are less afraid of discussing their issues with us. That's true. Uh, even in an uh, open setting like, like, like this. Like ours, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the discussions uh, were not limited to certain manufacturers. I think that was one of the things I picked up this week is that every manufacturer has some sort of unique blade issued based mostly on the design, some of manufacturing, but it seems like a lot of it may be design related in some some level. Uh, as and there's been announcements about bigger blades this week, are those are those sort of manufacturing slash engineering issues just going to continue because the blades are getting so much massively bigger as we have seen this week? I think actually one of the things that I was really positive about is that it seems like the OEMs are actually starting to realize we need to push the brake a little bit. We can't keep continuing developing blades, and and part of that. Well, like it's likely also a cost-out issue because oh, sure. if you keep producing new blades but never maturing them, they they you'll you'll never see a, 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 them fall in cost because of right. process uh, improvement. So the fact that they're starting to consider keeping the blade models for a longer time will do will do cost reduction for them. Will also improve the the quality that we're that that's being pushed out there. Sure. And as you know, that that's one of my. My my big issues is you know blade, blade quality in, in blades right, so right, so right. so that that's that's something that that really uh, um, that that really make, makes me hopeful for for the coming years when uh, when the new turbines are getting up. Yeah, and I, and we were talking earlier today about if you have a, a blade that has been severely damaged and you need to replace it, it may take twelve months or longer to get a replacement blade, or you may not be able to get a replacement blade from the OEM. So it 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 starts to make a little more sense because of the rapid development. The tooling is gone, uh, so your your OEM may not have the tooling or, or may not have the time to make you a new blade. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense to maintain what you have. So how how critical does that become because of this 12 month plus to find a new blade situation? Well, you know, with the with the current electricity prices, then owners they are very reluctant to have turbines in stop, especially for for a year. But it is an issue if yeah if uh, and that is that is also true with new blade types that. If you if you have a blade that fails and then you need to replace it, the OEM is not going to just stop their their current production uh, for a site for right. building a replacement blade. That that's not going to happen. So they have you have you have to wait until there there's a gap in in production. Then they can produce your blade and then get it shipped. But again, that can take months. Months. And yeah. we have we have multiple cases where it's a year uh, that yeah. where the, of downtime. And then if you have an older turbine where it, the the blade's not being produced anymore then you have to find a replacement blade. And you have to rely on that it actually, it's fitting within the blade set. Um, 
and otherwise you would ha you need the OEM to to brush out their old molds and then get that into right. production. But they're even less uh, <laughs> encouraged to do that. So so and that would come at a, at a great cost. Yeah, yeah. And we had dinner last night. Just thinking about great costs. We had a, a dinner last night. At a, at what would you call it? It's a, it's a Hofbrauhaus. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a brew house in Germany with long tables, very traditional, yes. loud uh, uh, music from the, from the, from the 80s, so yes. a lot of fun memories. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, a lot of fun being had there. Uh, and we, we were having dinner with uh, uh, Renewable Energy Loss Adjusters, isn't that yeah. right? So we meet, we, we had, yeah, so Rila, uh, Loss Adjusters Rila from, uh, from, uh, from, uh, from London, and London, Per yeah. Se, in insur the right, insurer, right. and then uh, Robotics, uh, also oh, yeah. here from, yeah. uh, from, from the fair. Um, so, so yeah, it was a, it was a, it was, it was a good mixture of uh, different, uh, different companies and and uh, and cultures. So we had a really, a it lot was of a fun. really good time. Yeah. yeah, it was a good, good way to end. You know, the the main part of the conference. It's been a very long week. I'll, yeah, I'll give you that. The insurance part of of uh, the blades and blade repair seems to be a standout. I, I, I lost track after a while how many insurance people were, had come by the booth to talk about ideas to reduce. Expenditures, right? Payouts, lightning protection being one of them, catching blade damage early and get it repaired sooner and get it re repaired where it's cost effective still and we don't have to replace a blade. How much is, have you seen that insurance industry start to fill in that void that the OEMs really can't fulfill uh, in terms of just controlling the marketplace a little bit and, and, and sort of regulating what's happening out there? So they they're trying to, to yeah, uh, play catch up to, to the OEM taking in my view, less responsibility for the product they, they're, they're launching. And yeah, either the owner or the insurance companies are, have to pick up that, uh, uh, yeah, to fill out that, that void. Um, but it, it takes a while. Um, but I think one of the things that, that help is that we keep focusing on what is actually the current issues, yeah. what can be done to mitigate it. Right. Uh, and, and, the, and the insurance companies are starting to listen a, a lot more to us also because they're starting to see the pain from Blade issues. And they're starting to come to these conferences. Yes. Uh, I think they've always been here, but I think Blade has always been like, yeah, that's, that's not really, you know, that, that's just... Yeah. It was gearboxes for the longest time. Yeah, exactly. Gearboxes, cables, foundations. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so blades was just, you know, it was, uh, it was the, the maintenance-free component uh, for a long time. And <laughs> <laughs> we all know how that went. Right. Um, but but, but they, they're starting to, 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 get a, to show a lot more interest in, in blades and understand what it's actually and why, what is the difference in, in, in designs and why does that matter uh, to, to, to the policies that I'm writing? Right. What kind of lighting protection system and how can I, uh, how, how, how does different ways of doing condi condition monitoring or a blade improvement, how does that improve, how does that affect my, my risk? And, and how, does, how, how, should I, uh, how does that affect the premium that I have to have to, have to demand for, for the policies? Yeah, it's a very interesting uh, discussions on the floor here this week. I've just learned so much. I, I know Wind Power Lab had, you, you guys had a really successful week <laughs> it was insane and that's that's fantastic so if someone wants to reach out to win power lab they better get in now for the coming season because you guys are really getting booked up fast well we have a we have a team looking at it yeah. um so no we are we are getting more and more work in and we are seeing a lot of uh a lot a lot of demand for our for our services yes. uh, around, around around the globe so uh 
you, you obviously don't know when a blade's going to fail, so you can't <laughs> predict that. But uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a good idea to reach out and also reach out to uh, if you want to understand what kind of blade type you actually have and how that affects your, your risk and what kind of failure what you could actually look into. Right. And also just important, how can you actually uh, how can you actually prevent some of it by looking into the ping sensor or doing an upgrade of the LPS system so that we reduce the risk of a failure happening. Yes. Because yeah. that that's what it's all about. We don't want to it's fun. It, it's interesting to looking at damaged blades, but it's it's more interesting <laughs> to look at how can we actually reduce some of the risk. Right. It's interesting for Morton to look at damaged blades, but maybe not an owner or operator to be looking at that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So how does how do people find you? Uh, wh so, where do they go? Uh, so you, you can you can always find me on on LinkedIn uh, or uh, yeah uh, send send an email give me a call um, or uh, look up at look up at our our webpage at uh, vpl dot uh, com. Then, uh, yeah, then, then it'll be easy to find, find a way to, to reach out to, to me and my, my colleagues. Yeah, that, and if you do have blade issues, now, like I said, now's the time because everybody's getting booked up. It's going to be a busy season ahead. So, Morton, thanks for being in here. Great Thank to you so see much. you in Hamburg. Great to see you in person after all this time. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. watch each other <laughs> on Zoom while. calls forever. So, it's great to see you. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great season. So, yeah, congratulations. Absolutely. And uh, we'll, we'll see you soon. Cheers.